0: This is Mike McGinnis and Carrington Vanston, and you're listening to yet another episode of the No Quarter Podcast, the weekly classic video arcade game podcast where we talk trash to each other about our scores and generally enjoy games.
1: (laughs) You enjoy them because this week your trash is better than my trash. Uh,
0: Well, yeah, but I mean, it's been, it's reversing a trend for me. How's that? I've been bested again. (sighs) yes 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 but we'll oh. get to that uh, in just a moment how are you karen i'm excellent you want to get to it in a moment you want to like drag it out so you can oh, savor uh, <laughs> savor indeed. this oh, week <laughs> hang on let me let me unzip my pants i'm gonna to touch myself <laughs> while you tell me what you score is. i
1: am going to edit the show now <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We start again. I'm Gary Convinced.
0: <laughs> and we are starting again. Uh, yeah, so anyway, so. I am doing excellent. Mike, how are Good. you? Uh, I'm doing okay. I take it you survived all the snow up there in the Northeast? Yes. Or we Southeast, did get, I guess where you are. We did
1: get a big, big chunk of snow last Friday, but then I spent uh, most of the weekend away from it. So I'm like, ha ha, snow, suck it. Nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And what about you? Do you get snow where you are? Where are uh, you anyway? Where
0: the heck do you live? I live in Denver. So we no, I mean get actual address. Snow. Let's go. Oh, sure. No <laughs> tell, problem.
1: Tell the world. I wonder you're not.
0: <laughs> you just come knock on my door at any any uh, hour of the, the, the day or night. i prefer like three or four in the morning. Be Absolutely. Best. I want to play games. Let me <laughs> in. Uh, I live in Denver. Um, oh, and you get snow in Denver? We it's like do. Nine mile high city or whatever. Nine <laughs> mile high city. Yes, because of all the, the pot stores. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it, we got a little uh, light dusting of snow, but certainly nothing like you guys got. And I'm glad that uh, you and everyone else out there survived it. And everybody seems to have power, so that's good.
1: Yep, yeah, yeah. It wasn't too bad. We don't we don't actually get a lot of snow in Toronto, but every once in a while, a couple times a year, usually we'll get a a big dumping, and so sure. this was this was the big one for this year. Mm-hmm. It seems, but it's all mostly gone now. Wow, that was quick. Yeah, we get a lot less snow in Toronto than people would think. Like Buffalo, which is south of us, the other side of the lake, gets way more snow than we do. We're sort of luckily positioned.
0: Interesting. I wonder yeah. what that's about. But this is not a weather podcast. So it's we, not. We, 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 no, I'm afraid not. <laughs> Welcome to No Radar. <laughs> that's right. all-weather podcast. Uh, so feedback from last week. Uh, obviously, last week we played Rampart by Atari. And we got some good feedback about that. Uh, we got a, a tweet on the At No Quarter Show Twitter account from Kevin Ford suggesting that next week we play Tubin, um, or at some point, and I'm sure that that's one that we will hit. Thank you, Kevin. Absolutely. Uh, we got a bunch in in the the facebook page for a couple of reasons and we'll get to the one of the reasons here in just a minute uh, <laughs> get but, to
1: my mistake in just a minute
0: <laughs> so rob o'hara um who does the the he goes by flack and his podcast of course is you don't know flack it's great if you don't subscribe to it you should go mm-hmm. do it now um he posted uh another great episode as always vance i assume that's you uh, the reason that the screenshot I sent in was so bright was that it was of my Rampart arcade cabinet. It's one of the few machines I hung on to, sadly, minus the two-player joystick variety. And even more sadly, whoever built it put in a gauntlet. Put it in a gauntlet two cabinet. This game is much easier to to play using a trackball. Uh, it's a lot faster to aim with and attack with, and a lot more accurate when it comes to rebuilding your castle. The one thing you alluded to, uh, trackball, is Atari's trademark. That's track T R A K. There are multiple sizes of trackballs, the most common being the 2.5-inch, the same size as a pool ball, there's a 3-inch, and then there's the Atari trackball, which is 4.5-inches. Even more confusing is the fact that Atari mixed and matched these sizes across their lines and and used the generic trackball and trackball, T-R-A-K, somewhat interchangeably, and Atari referred to their home trackballs as trackball as well.
1: Wow, so it is all over the place.
0: And he also agrees with me that the voice in Rampart sounded like Peter Weller from RoboCop.
1: I um, don't hear that at all.
0: I think you're just insane. Uh,
1: that too, but these are separate issues. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, and...
1: He's completely right, though, about Rampart being way easier with a trackball. Oh, yes. Because I was playing it at home using a trackball, and then a couple times at work I would fire it up to see if I could do better, and I just was working on just the keyboard. And it's Oof. you know, nigh impossible to what play a that nightmare. way. So, yeah, yeah complete nightmare. <laughs>
0: uh, Adrian Hosi's uh... Adrian Hosey recommends uh, another Atari game from 1980 that's similar to Rampart called Warlords, which I have not heard of. Really? Oh, I love yeah. Warlords. Yeah. Really? You never so,
1: you never played that at all?
0: Uh, the title doesn't sound familiar to me. I may have played it. Um, and when we get to that game, I'm sure I'll go, oh, yeah, that's right. Sure. It's the... the- Four
1: corners, and you're sort of bouncing a ball. It's like a, mm. a, a multiplayer version of, of Pong, in a sense. Oh, Pong is multiplayer, but you know what I mean. Well, <laughs> I'm and, multier player, and, and, and it if, was a very famous
0: uh, Atari cart as well. Well, even if I haven't played it, I'm going to say that I have just because I want to sound cool. So.
1: <laughs> you just say you haven't, and then when we play it, you get a great score. you are oh, like, yeah. ah, I'm just naturally good.
0: So <laughs> right. I'm naturally good at video games unless, oh, yeah. unless it's elevator action. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which I went and played again this weekend. Eh?
0: You're totally wrong. That game is awesome. Uh, whatever um what other feedback did we get carrington i got nothing this week
1: nobody loved carrington this week we got no email at all that came in at least not directly to me um and i often don't pay attention to the stuff sent to the the feedback uh, account because I figure <laughs> you you read that and you'll handle it. <laughs> so uh, I uh,
0: sometimes like, I do, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, then it doesn't happen. I'm way too lazy to keep up with that. It's lucky that we deal f- with feedback at all. If you weren't on this show, I'd be like, eh, whatever. Next game. <laughs> um, last week I had talked about the really nice email. We got a couple of of lengthy and excellent emails from uh, Olivier Guinard. Yeah, I forgot to mention though that he had pointed us to a Kickstarter that I think we had mentioned earlier. And then I think it didn't get funded or something, but now it's back. Anyway, it's Where Were You in 82, which is a documentary sort of looking at the impact of the arcade. So it's another movie about arcades, and I have been really digging the movies about arcades lately. And it has 20 days to go, and it's already meet, met its uh, pledge goal. So it's 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 going to go. So we'll have a link in the show notes. and Oh, yes. We have show notes now. We do. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I'll have a link in the show notes. Partly I'm bringing this up just so I can have a link in the show notes. <laughs> and uh, so it's made its pledge. Looks great. Uh, I haven't funded it yet, but I'm going to. It looks, looks pretty awesome. So I'm going to nab myself a, a copy of the, uh, of the movie. So the video craze, where were you in 82? Great.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, that, I guess, brings us to one other item of business to discuss the non-existent contest.
1: <laughs> a contest, you say? Please, that sounds like a great idea. Please
0: explain to our listeners, Karen, what, did we what do that you last week? did. What you did.
1: I tried to have a contest, and and you said no. I hate our listeners, uh, I believe, was the phrase you used. So what happened was we recorded the bit about the contest. Back. And then, but we had recorded it separately, Mike and I, because we sort of forgot to mention it while we were doing the show live. But I had the audio and said, Oh, don't worry, I'll edit it in. And by that I meant, I'll forget. <laughs> so there was no actual mention of the contest. Oh. But the contest will continue. The contest you didn't know was ongoing That's is going to go an extra week because of that.
0: <laughs> well, I had posted all over the place hey, if you want to win uh, a copy of Atari Incorporated Businesses Fun, just uh, uh, listen to the show for details, only there weren't any, and people. People said, uh, people started writing and saying, maybe I slept through that part, but I didn't hear it. It was subtle. It was. And then part of this is, subtle. well, this is partially my fault for like not actually listening to the podcast before I spread it all over the place. Who'd so. listen to this podcast? <laughs> well, exactly. Certainly not, the, certainly not the hosts. <laughs> I so. actually do listen
1: to it because I have to edit it. <laughs> so, uh, alas, yes. But we are going to continue the contest. So, Mike. How can people actually win a copy of that book?
0: Well, it's pretty simple. All you have to do is interact with, any, with either one of us or the show in pretty much any way you can think of. So if you send us an email, if you reply to us on Twitter, if you like us on Facebook, if you post on Facebook between now and next week when we end the contest, you will be entered. And then we will have a random drawing for a winner.
1: And I think what we'll do is be nice to the people who are are good regular listeners, who knew there must be something up, who actually already (laughs) did such things. So if you interacted with us in some way in this past week, then we'll count that as an entry as well.
0: Yes, we're we're not going to shut anyone out or or make you do it again. Yeah,
1: God, we would never make you talk to us twice.
0: (laughs) Oh, God, that would be awful. And uh, (laughs) once again, the the prize is uh, a copy of the new book from Kurt Vendel and Marty goldberg atari incorporated business is fun absolutely
1: or like we did last time the equivalent of something else is on the site you would prefer yes <laughs> but
0: probably that book yes that's, that's what we're hoping or something else retro arcade related yeah it's got it's got to pass our retro arcade i'd rather not i'd rather not buy you 40 dollars with of soap no offense <laughs> what if it's retro soap oh well in that case definitely awesome <laughs> so on to this week's game this which week's was...
1: awesome game i loved this week's game and what game was that Karen? it was astro blaster and i don't think i've ever played it before really <laughs> Nope. this was totally new to me <laughs> and it was amazing i can't, when you suggested that we play astro blaster all i could think was wasn't that the intellivision game where you zipped along the bottom and shot it like asteroids coming at you but i think that was astro smash hmm. is what i was thinking so when i fired this up it wasn't at all what i was anticipating it was so much more it is totally a fun amazing it's a it's a shooter in the tradition of space invaders or really more in the tradition of sort of a galaga but with tons of variety it's a great fun whimsical amazing game i totally love this game
0: yes this this game was released in 1981 by Sega, it was developed by Gremlin, um, and it came out sort of during the, the same time as it came out during in, in the middle of that, that flood of Space Invader ripoffs. Right. Uh, the difference between this one and a lot of these other games is that there's so much more to this one than either Space Invaders or any of those other clones, uh, which is why I picked this game, because as you get into it, it becomes rapidly apparent that you're not just fighting against the ships that are shooting at you, you're also fighting against your own resources. Because uh, it doesn't take long for your ship's cannon to overheat and stop firing. Which I,
1: because I wasn't paying attention, I kept thinking,
0: why is my button now not
1: working? What's going on? <laughs> like, I suddenly can't shoot. Oh, darn, the game's broken. No, nah, it's just that I was a little
0: too rapid fire on the old button. Did you not have the sound turned on? Because it tells you when you It you're... does,
1: but I was listening to music pretty loud. Uh, I, 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 I started not listening to the sound, and we'll get to the sound in a second because sure. that was a huge mistake on my part. <laughs> so I'm just going, oh, it's just going to be ble- bleeps and blips. I don't got to listen to that. So I'm rocking out to some awesome music. I don't know. Probably sticks or something ridiculous. So (laughs) I'm listening to Paradise Theater, we'll say. That'll be the version of the story I tell. And um, I love that album. Me too, actually. Yes. And. So, I was thinking, oh, this is fun. Oh, why am I not shooting? What's going on? So, it was not till the second time I was playing, the next day or so. Now, I've actually got the sound turned up and I learned that it warns you about those things and it doesn't it in speech. This game talks to you. It <laughs> yes. is awesome. And it doesn't sound like Peter Weller at all.
0: No, not even close to <laughs> Peter Weller. Uh, and in addition to your laser overheating and, and, and ceasing to fire, you can also really quickly run out of fuel. Yes. Though
1: I, I, um, I found that that wasn't too much of a problem once I got sort of better at the game. When I first started playing, the thing that always killed me was I ran out of fuel. Yes. I was just taking way too long and I was making sure I didn't get shot. And you have to play this game a little more aggressively so that you get to the refueling stage. Otherwise, you're just simply not going to get there.
0: Well, and in fact, uh, this game—the the original version of this game—was so difficult that Sega had to come out with a second, and then third version of the game to make it easier.
1: And you had me playing revision two of the ROM,
0: right? Which like, what, was well, from what I was reading, revision one was never really widely released because it was so difficult. Um, and so I figured revision two would be good because it wasn't as it wasn't simple, easy. Like I guess even revision three is difficult, but not nearly as. As hard as Revision 2, I myself played Revision 3, um, which is why I was easily able to best your score. I think <clears> that's <throat> the
1: only reason you bested me. So um, you
0: made me play Version 2. Uh, of course. You suck. <laughs> that's right. No, I'm, I'm only kidding. Um, but th- this game was notorious for being, for being very hard because you had to strategize how best to time your shots uh, to get through the next level um, and move on so that you could get the refueling ship before you ran out. Uh, while at the same time you you can't just hold the firing button down because your laser, your your phaser will overheat, and then you can't shoot at all. Yes.
1: You're just just dodging. (laughs) There's stuff coming at you. And I love the fact that this, you're, it's waves of enemies coming, like sort of Space Invaders waves or line up at the top, but a huge variety of different things that come at you. And they don't just move back and forth in a Space Invaders lethargic way. They jiggle and zip and do funny patterns and things. And some of them are coming down vertically and some are whipping across horizontally and some are just doing little spirally type stuff. And so lots of different looks to them. And so it's like each time you've got a new new wave of enemies, it would feel like you're playing a totally different game. Like, it, I really, really loved the variety of this.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, there's plenty to do. And in fact, uh, there was more to this game than meets the eye. Uh, there were also... Did you did you encounter any of the secret bonuses? I did. Every time,
1: pretty much at every level, when you're going to the, like, the next stage, you get refueling. It'll, it'll say secret bonus number and then he gives you a number and i'm like is it making it up what's it for like i could never (laughs) tell why was i getting points and how many points would i get i had no idea and I, i subsequently looked online and i guess there's specific things you get these bonuses for but i would have no idea what they were it was just like i'm randomly giving you these points for
0: no reason well and in fact there's a rather involved story behind all of this and i'm going to bore each and every last one of you telling it tell me a story mike So Sega announced initially they they let people know that there were 25 secret achievements um, and that you could get, say, 600 points for not letting your laser temperature get critical during a round, which was secret bonus number 22. You get 1,000 points for shooting all the enemies during a wave without missing a single shot. That was number three and so forth and so on. Well, to this day, only 15 of these have been discovered. That doesn't make sense. Do you think somebody could just step through the code? Well, and in fact, someone did. Are are you familiar with Don Hodges?
1: I'm familiar with everybody else.
0: (laughs) But not Don. (laughs) But he was the last one to complete the set. No, who is Don Hodges? So Don Hodges is this this super cool arcade programmer type guy, and he has a blog at donhodges.com. And what he does... Are you saying that
1: so I put it in the show notes? Because yes, I will.
0: (laughs) I think you should.
1: I have now done so.
0: So he goes through various uh, arcade game... Source code. He went through Donkey Kong, for example, and fixed the kill screen bug. Um, he went and he, he gives these, these detailed, uh, analyses of the code. It's really great. The, the, blog is wonderful. You should read it. He went through and discovered that there are only actually 15 bonuses in the code. The gremlin lied to us or a gremlin. Well, no, there, there just happened to be, they just happen to be numbered from one to 25. Not, oh, not completely cheating. sequentially. So
1: that's, che- so there's like no number. 7 sort of thing. Right, exactly. That's cheating. Yep.
0: So there's and looking at his blog here, there's number 3 four, nine, 12, 13, uh, 12 through 19, uh, and then 22 and 25. Okay. Yep. So we'll throw that up in the show notes because we have those now. We do. <laughs> uh, a quick look at the technical specs of the game. Astro Blaster was manufactured by Sega Gremlin. It was released in 1981. It used a a, a standard raster CRT uh, monitor, uh, and it was based on the Sega G80 system. Which I
1: know about. Oh, you do? And I know about that because I read the manual for this game. (laughs) I'm now getting totally hooked on reading the manuals for every game we play. I really enjoy doing that. Mostly it's specs, and I sort of skip those. But I love reading about the, the maintenance and the setup and the settings and that kind of stuff. And so this described Gremlin's new G80 system as an arcade that will use a whole bunch of smaller PCBs instead of like one or two big ones. So therefore, when there's problems, you can... You can just like swap a little, little, little tiny PCB that's just doing one feature. And so you can narrow down the problems to just one thing that should be easily replaced or repaired versus just having a big PCB and you say, well, it's not working and I don't know why. So that was sort of the idea behind the G80, it seems.
0: Neat. Yeah. Well, and Sega, I know they made a whole bunch of games in that sort of format. And I think a bunch of different manufacturers during that time period sort of had... Uh, base systems that they built games into. If that makes any sense, it does make sense. Um, you just kind of throw in new ROMs and you run right. a new game. Hmm. So and I, I think I think you and I are probably going to maybe in a future episode or two, instead of focus on one single game, talk about a system like the G eighty or or something similar. Um, Absolutely, shake yeah. things
1: up a bit, surprise me. Well, there you go. So next up on a very special blossom, right?
0: <laughs> Ooh, blossom. Uh, so there were two cabinet styles: the upright standard and the Cabaret Mini uh the game the G80 system is based on a the Z80A CPU
1: which i know is the 4 megahertz version of the Z80 yes the things that i know that i don't know why i know
0: <laughs> the video board implements the VIC IC that can display 8 shades of red 8 shades of green and 4 of blue and the game's extensive speech was powered by the 8035 CPU
1: well that's very cool. The speech is awesome. The speech really helps me. I mean there's there's so many things about this game that are awesome. I I wouldn't say like one thing makes it, but the speech really contributes to make this stand out. I I loved it. I absolutely loved it talking to me and telling me to take care when I'm down to my last man and all that kind of stuff. Totally awesome.
0: Yeah, I for for having been released in 1981, it was it was uh I'd say probably one of the more advanced titles out there, especially since at first glance, it just looks like a ripoff of Space Invaders or, or one you, of those titles. Or
1: a Galaga or Galaxian-type right. thing or something. I really, like when I, yeah, I put in my virtual quarter hit play, I was absolutely not anticipating the game I was going to get. Like, it's just <laughs> so much more variety, and it's got some whim- And we haven't even talked about the warp feature. Oh, well, that's there's right. There's so many things Ooh. that are good about this game. Yeah. So once per... um Per, per sector like you go through waves of enemies um to get to a few refueling stations so once in that sector or if you die it comes back so you really have it sort of once per ship um you get this warp button and it turns out that yes this arcade came with a joystick that could only move left and right so it's a it's a, a two position joystick and Two buttons, one for firing, your easily overheating cannon, and one for a warp feature, where everything except you and your shots slows way down. So when you're in these sections where it's all those horizontal enemies whipping by, you can suddenly actually shoot them. Totally
0: awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's a useful tool. Now I just want to point out here that it didn't actually the, the cabinets didn't come with a joystick, they came with a left and right button. Oh, that would suck. Yes, you have a left, move left and move right button, and then the fire and the warp. Well, I, I say that would suck, but I
1: played this mostly. In fact, I got my high score playing this at work. <laughs> my screenshots so, came from on work <laughs> on just a regular PC keyboard.
0: <laughs> so that's probably actually a closer experience than, than using, the, say, a, a, an X-Arcade or something like that. Well, what do you know? Now, here's something that I noticed that I, I was unsure of. Um, so I, I went through and I was looking at screenshots and and... Like you researching on how better to beat you at this game, <laughs> and and I, I noticed that, that a lot of these screenshots were angled were, were angled so that it looked more like a four by three television screen, um, sort of wide and not quite as tall. Whereas when I boot up MAME, I get the standard uh, sort of vertical rectangle yeah, that you would go with Galaga. I played it as vertical as well. So I'm not sure what the difference is there, and I, I tried to mess around with some of the MAME settings, and I couldn't find a way to make it look more like those shots. I, I don't know if those were a different version of the ROM, or if if it was a different, maybe, you know, somebody playing on a console, or what the, what the deal was there, so... But I thought that was interesting because if you look at the screen, the screen resolution, I'm
1: I'm flipping through the manual as we speak (laughs) so (laughs) I can see what does it say in here or if I can see pictures or something and I can't see. Well, do, do a Google image search just for
0: Astro Blaster. And
1: I am seeing that for the most part, it seems that it's all of like a four by three. Yeah, but not like not really the the vertical look that I absolutely got in Mame. I got yeah, the, and the I got the same
0: look. thing. So I'm not sure what what happened there. But there are a couple of screenshots that have the more vertical rectangle, right? Hmm. So I thought that was sort of odd. And you
1: can't even really go by resolution because so many things don't have square pixels. Exactly. So, we, yeah, yeah uh, I'd love it if somebody had either one of these original cabinets or a real first-hand knowledge of this could write in and let us know, because I'm actually interested in those sorts of details.
0: Me too, and, I, and I'm sure that they will they will email and tweet. Mm-hmm. And, and, and well, I noticed, folks. for
1: instance, on the Wikipedia site, which I also just looked to see if I can get the resolution, it lists this as running off a, a regular Z80 processor, but it's definitely the Z80A. And even in the manual, it says you have to use a Z80A because the regular Z80 can't keep up with it.
0: Yeah, I I tend not to trust Wikipedia with that sort of stuff. That's why I go to the ArcadeMuseum.com.
1: Citation needed!
0: That's right. The cabinet for this, like you say, and I've now looked to, to
1: check your work. Yeah, they definitely came with buttons. <laughs> so what buttons he might are be lying. Adjusting? I need to check this. Well, you might have just been incorrect and I could take the opportunity but, to well, rub it in your face. <laughs> I, I'm sure you would have. <laughs> Which is even better than lying. <laughs> um, but the, so this came in three different sorts. There's the regular, you know, full size stand up arcade machine. There's the regular cocktail machine, and then a cabaret, the the sort of oh, the in short between or little yeah. short ones. And this looks like the worst cabaret ever in the history of everything, <laughs> because the control panel is mounted almost vertically. Ew. So like you're sort of facing it, and like, and and the it it appears from the brochure that the cabaret actually had um, a joystick on the front of it. It wasn't buttons. Interesting. So it's a joystick that sticks out vertically, looking like a pinball pole knob. And so you imagine you're you're holding it that way, and the buttons are mounted almost like on a wall in front of you. But ergonomically, a terrible way to play.
0: Wow, that doesn't sound like much fun at
1: all. Yeah, no. So I say no to that.
0: Okay. Well, um... It's time. <laughs> no, it isn't. No, <laughs> oh, it is. I let you suffer long enough, and now I'm going to rub it in your face. Oh. Carrington, yeah. how did you do? A billion. Um, no, that little I yellow... sent
1: you a screenshot yeah. saying that I got a billion points, a and little... I didn't use Photoshop on that screenshot at all. Oh,
0: you didn't. No, you used <laughs> a little yellow sticky handwritten one billion points. And, and That totally counts. As gullible as I am, that didn't fool me.
1: Oh, but it was right on the screen. It was right where the score would be. Well, would it took he-
0: me a minute to to analyze and, and make sure that I wasn't <laughs> that, that I was actually being fooled. But so, I did, yeah, I Mike, did catch on.
1: For everyone, Mike and I were trash talking today about this. I posted my score, thinking I was doing pretty good. I thought I had a shot. He immediately posted back a high score, and then I immediately posted back a billion. <laughs> But alas, if we don't count my billion, for some reason, (laughs) then instead, my next highest score was (laughs) 24,120. Yes,
0: Mike. It starts with a three. It does, yes. And and it it, it wasn't 3,000 this time. It was... (laughs) 38,200 and don't feel too bad though because no, I No, 250. Oh, 250, that's right. Yes. You you even more than you thought. 38, yes, 38,250. Now, don't feel too bad. I was only able to get that once and then I never even got close to that again and the only reason that I did get close was because I, I managed to randomly nail a few of those secret bonuses. I, it, it, I was not going into a level going, I need to get this bonus, and here's how I'm going to do it. I just happened to get a bonus and went, wow. And, and they tend to add up pretty quickly.
1: I found I would always get at least one bonus thing. Some of them seem to be relatively easy to get, but they don't always give you like a lot of points. Um, and there's one bonus I got, and then I once I realized that was a bonus, I, I went for it every time. You one of the bonuses, I don't remember the number. You get if you do the the docking to refuel mm-hmm. without moving. So as soon as it says, yes. okay, we're ready to refuel, you don't touch anything and you just let so you have to on the 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 stage before it, with all the asteroids coming at you, you have to make sure you end that stage right bang in the middle of the screen. Right. And then you don't touch anything and you can dock in fuel and you get bonus points. So I I started going for that one once I realized it was a bonus. Yeah. And I didn't realize until reading about it later, but I didn't have a chance to take advantage of it, that in the asteroid section, there's normal asteroids, and so there's also these little fireballs shooting at you. And when you
0: shoot a fireball, you get fuel. Yes, it's it's pretty important to, to hit at least a couple of those.
1: I didn't know that! <laughs> I mostly
0: was just trying to avoid stuff. <laughs> so there are a total of seven sectors in the game that you play your way through. Each one has, uh, tw- has waves of alien squadrons attacking you of, of different types. There are uh, a total of twenty-nine different alien squadrons, uh, and apparently uh, there is also a a secret sector which can be accessed. As as far as I can tell, can only be accessed by hacking your main ROM. Which I don't know if that's really counts, uh, but it's in there. Um, that's how I got my billion points. Ah, uh, that's what. It was, <laughs> in your yellow sticky. <laughs> my billion points. So, uh, oh, um, you were talking about warp earlier, and how you didn't know about it. Yep. Had you dropped your coin in and waited a few seconds, you would have been given the play instructions that would have told you that you could use warp to slow down the enemy ships.
1: I don't have time for such things. Yes, I
0: got enemies to shoot. If you drop the quarter in and wait for a few seconds, eventually you'll get a a screen of hints. And it tells you things like you can shoot fireballs for extra fuel and that you can use warp to slow down the enemy. And it hints at the secret bonuses. Uh, Instruction number four simply says, discover how to earn secret bonuses for extra points. This game is awesome. It is. I this love this game. This is game is just
1: so awesome. I am a huge fan. Yep. I am now a huge fan. It was totally new to me. This 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 podcast has introduced me to this game, and I, I adore everything about it. I love the gameplay. I love the, the whimsy of it. I love the voice. I love the secrets. I love this warp <laughs> thing that lets me take out a wave just angrily. <laughs> now I've got time to wait around for the next wave. Totally amazing. Carrington really loves this game, folks. I love this game. This is, like, one of the best of the traditional space shooter types, the Galaxy type games I have ever... It it may be my favorite of all of them. Now, maybe that's just because it's new to me, but this game is exciting and wonderful. Love this game.
0: So can can we expect a cabinet to show up in your house soon?
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly because I have so little space. (laughs) And for me, the point of having a real cabinet would be that that cabinet can do something... I couldn't do with a MAME system. And this is a relatively straightforward raster monitor. It's just using buttons. I I can get the same experience, really, from a MAME cabinet. I'm not into collecting cabinets just for the sake. Whereas something like Star Wars or Tron, I can't really emulate with a MAME cabinet because of the special controls. Sure. I'd much more likely be focused on, or, or a vector monitor, or something about it that I can't really do with MAME is what would draw me to purchase a cabinet. Ah, I see. But this game is good. This definitely goes in the favorites of the main roms.
0: Yeah, this is a uh, this is probably top five for me. Maybe. Yeah, it's yeah. it's awesome, awesome game. I don't know that it beats Galaga yet, but uh, it's close. Right. So, uh, unless you have anything else about this game, Carrington. Nope. Uh, let's get to playing that snippet of Sinistar. What?
1: Not <laughs> or whatever, again. Or whatever game will come. Elevator action.
0: <laughs> Here it is, folks. And that pretty much brings us to the end of yet another episode. Uh, yep. Remember that uh, if you contact us in any way that you can think of, you'll automatically be entered. Pigeons! Don't pay pigeons. Carrier pigeons. Uh, you'll automatically be entered to win a copy of Atari Incorporated. Business is fun. Business uh, is fun. And until then, uh, we will see you next week. Absolutely. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.
1: You've been listening to No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. Feedback can be sent to noquarter at monsterfeet.com. And like all Monster Feet podcasts, the original material in this show has been released to the public domain. Zero ships remaining. Play over.